What a signature talk does for you is that you become that go-to expert in that specific topic. What's up? It's Katie Kremitzos. Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. This podcast is here so that you have easy access to education, strategies, and an entire community of fellow women entrepreneurs who are just as ambitious and high performing as you are. I believe that our businesses are vehicles that we get to use powerfully to design lives that are purposeful and profitable. But guess what? That journey is not a straight line, which is why this podcast and the entire Biz Women Rock community exists, because this is where you're going to find how to continue dealing with and showing up for all of those ups and downs along your journey. So welcome. I am so honored that you are here. If you haven't already, I invite you to come join our free private Facebook group, bizwomenrock.com forward slash group. In there, you're going to find thousands of other high-performing women entrepreneurs just like you who are passionate about continuing their business journeys purposefully. So come on and join us. I look forward to getting to know you there. Carol Cox has been an active member of the Biz Women Rock community for years, and I couldn't be more excited to share a conversation with you. She's the owner of Speaking Your Brand, a company that specializes in helping high-performing women entrepreneurs like you and me create their signature talks and keynote presentations. Now, you may already be out on the quote-unquote speaking circuit as a way to enhance your visibility, or you may know that speaking is a big part of what you want to do. So this interview with Carol is going to be incredibly helpful for you because we cover a ton of practical strategies, including understanding the difference between a signature talk or a keynote presentation versus an educational workshop, Carol's three C's of visibility, how to go about getting started creating your own signature talk, how to ensure you are intentional with your presentation so they do something for your business, how to go about acquiring keynote presentations that will make you stand apart from everyone else, and some of the biggest mistakes we make when we are getting out there on the speaking circuit. She is a wealth of information and I guarantee you'll get at least one actionable strategy that you can turn around and implement immediately. So sit back and listen to this incredible conversation with Carol Cox. Carol Cox, I cannot tell you how excited I am to have you on the Biz Women Rock podcast. Finally! Welcome. I know, Katie. <laughs> I'm so glad that we ran into each other at PodFest. Well, of course, we we're going to run into each other because how could we not? But we had such we had a fun conversation there and you're like, Carol, you should come on my podcast. I'm like, yes, thank you. I've been waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry. It took me this long to invite you on. I have had the pleasure of having you sort of in my sphere for quite some time now. And I 
I've had the great pleasure of watching your business evolve over these years. And I so am in love with what you're doing, with what you're teaching. And I get to see it in action. At PodFest, you did give a presentation. And I heard so much good feedback on it, by the way, about how practical it was and real and just, oh, oh yeah, that's a really great idea. And you're in the space of teaching people how to really give the best of the best of keynote presentations and a signature talk. And I, I got to tell you, in the day and age of we're all trying to get visibility, we're all trying to tell our stories, what you are doing is so vitally perfect, vitally vital. That's really what I want to say. <laughs> so thank you for being on the show and for having this chat with me. Yeah, my pleasure, Katie. I'm looking forward to what we're going to dig into today. So I already gave you a cool introduction. So I would love to just dive right into the heart of why this? Like why in the world? What got you interested? And why in the world are you now helping high-level women and entrepreneurs and executives with their keynote talk, with their signature talk? Like why do you have an interest in that? So like many of our careers and our lives, I have so many different threads throughout, say, the past 15, 20 years that have kind of all come together with speaking your brand. And I didn't see it originally when I started this three years ago, but now the threads are really started to tie together. So my master's degree is in history with a focus on women's history and gender studies. So I've always been really passionate about women and positions of influence and power and how women are talked about in our history. And then... After that, so after I finished my master's degree, I went into the tech field. So I was a programmer, did big software projects for large companies with my husband, business partner, and I did those. Did that for about 10 years and decided I don't want to look at a computer screen and code all day long. I'd rather look at a computer screen on Zoom video and talk to people instead, which is pretty much what I do now all day long instead of computer code. As I was being, I was in the tech industry and then in business and marketing, I would go to a lot of conferences and I would give presentations. And especially in tech, I was one of the very few women who were there attending the conference, much less presenting at conferences. Then when I started going to business and marketing conferences, it was a little bit better. There were more women presenting, but there still weren't a lot. And then I would see their presentations, both for men and women. You knew they were smart and you knew they had good information to provide, but there was just something missing from their presentations. Like the structure wasn't right or they weren't really engaging the audience or the audience didn't really understand, well, what's in it for them? Like, why should they care about this topic? And so people started asking me, well, Carol, you're really good at your presentations. Can you help me? And so then I like a little light bulb went off a few years uh -huh. ago and I said, oh, well, maybe this is what I should be doing. And I love to help women amplify their voices and have a bigger presence on stages and their businesses and their communities and politics. I also have a background in politics. And so all of these things have kind of come together. And I realized that this is where I can be of most service, especially to women entrepreneurs. I love that. I got to ask this question though. Like when you first started moving forward with it, was it an immediate onslaught of business? Or did you kind of have to do what most of us do, which is like figure it out along the way, take a client at a time and sort of continue pivoting and continue the branding and all that sort of stuff? Definitely the latter. And I think that's the case for most of us. And actually, I'm glad that it was that way because I understand when women come to me where they are in their business journey. And I can let them know it's perfectly normal where you're at, especially if you're in their first year, year and a half. You're trying a lot. You need to work with a lot of clients, a lot of different types of clients to figure out who do you best serve? Who do you get the best results for? I look back at my clients from two years ago and I did great work with them, but it's my approach nowadays is so different than it was two years ago because I've seen the process that I take my clients through. And it took me probably about 10 or 12 clients 
And then it kind of dawned on me, well, I'm asking them the same questions. We're ultimately getting to the same place. And now I can put it into a framework, which is what I've done. And that's actually what I help a lot of my clients with. So I help them with their signature talk, but the core of their signature talk is that process, that framework that they use with their clients. And we help to identify that. I love that. So I want you to speak a little bit to the importance of giving a signature talk because this is a little... It's definitely different than, oh, I was a speaker about this A, B, and C thing over here. Like I am someone who I've been really, really lucky throughout all of you know the almost decade that I've been in business. Locally, we've got a huge presence here. And so I am constantly being asked to speak or, hey, can you just get up and talk about this real quick? Can you get up and talk about this real quick? So it's very easy to start seeing like, oh, I can give how-to information. I can do this. But that's different than a signature talk. So talk a little bit about that distinction and the big benefits to sort of having and establishing yourself as as having a signature talk. Yes, this is such a great question. And here's an example from my background. So when I had my tech software business, I would speak at business and marketing conferences. And I would do presentations based on whatever it was they needed me to do it on. So whether it was on website user interface or mobile marketing or social media or customer loyalty or whatever it happened to be. I love research. I love putting presentations together. So they gave me a topic and I would do it, which was great for my creative end. But the problem was that for the people in the audience, they didn't really understand who exactly I helped, what I did for them, and how I could get results for them because I was all over the place. My content was good. And so they were learning something, but ultimately it wasn't a great ROI for me. And when it came from like lead generation and getting clients, because they're like, oh, she does mobile marketing, does social media, website UI, and all these things. Like, what does she really do? So, what a signature talk does for you is that you become that go to expert in that specific topic. And just like we talk about, I know, Katie, on your podcast, you talk about niching down, especially early on in your entrepreneurial journey, how important it is to have a really well defined and very narrow niche. The more well defined your signature talk topic is, the better it is for you. Because when someone says, I need someone who does that, your name should be the first name that comes to mind. So when people say, I need a speaking coach, they know to recommend me because it's that easy to put two and two together. So when you're going out there delivering your signature talk, then you become known for that. Now, I will say this, you don't necessarily give the same exact script to every presentation you go to. That's boring for you. (laughs) To do would be boring for me to do it as a speaker. And it's just not fun. And the audience is going to be different. So you tweak the content based on that audience and the length of time and the informal or formal nature of the venue and all of that. But you're still pulling from that same core content. You're not reinventing the wheel every time. And I would imagine you giving that signature talk or that keynote presentation then makes you desirable to folks who want you to talk about not just that talk, but on your area of expertise. And so you can kind of dive into that in more of a content how-to kind of a setting based on what ends up coming from that signature talk, right? Yes, exactly. So if you're going like to a lunch and learn, like a women's business networking group, which a lot of us do. So you have maybe about 25, 30 minutes typically for your presentation. So what I would recommend there is that based on whatever your signature talk outline is, is that maybe pull one piece out of it. So I recommend that you have, say, maybe three key points in your signature talk that you're hitting on. Again, this ties back to that framework we were mentioning earlier. So maybe you have three key points, five at the most. (laughs) I don't like you because we can't remember more than five. It's too much. So three to five. And then if you have maybe 25 minutes, just pull one of those 
go into a little bit more detail, but then explain these are the three main points in the process that I use with my clients or my framework. We're going to dive a little deeper on section point number two today. But if you want to learn more about points number one and number three, then you can get my free PDF download or you can sign up for a strategy session with me. We can work together. You can listen to my podcast, whatever is a logical next step for them. Love that. By the way, I'm so happy that we are talking strategy of speaking because a lot of us, myself included, and you listening, we have the ability and the capability to get up in front of groups and speak. And if we have not already done so a lot, this is just a more intentional way of thinking about it. Like I always start with the intention of what does your audience need and how can I best serve according to like what they're asking of me. But even going a step beyond that, I got to tell you straight up, there are so many speaking engagements that I have completely not leveraged because all I did was go and give the information instead of being intentional about how can I leverage this talk to feed my business? And of course, that doesn't happen until I give great content, but I can give great content and have it feed my business. And oh my God, the amount of talks that I've given without some sort of a call to action, without some sort of a, hey, here's where you can learn more. Like I am bowled over by it. So, and I'm I sure know. I, I hope I'm not it. the only one no, out there. No, no, no. <laughs> this is why I, I do this now because I'm guilty. I did the same yeah. thing for so many years because I didn't realize that there was a better way to do it. And to your point, Katie, that I believe that as a speaker, you should get an ROI from every speaking engagement that you do. Now, that ROI could look different, but it takes time to do a speaking engagement. You got prep time, you got travel time, even local travel time, much less if you're traveling further away. You have the time that you're doing that, your time away from your family, from your business making money. Like it's a big investment of time, energy, effort, money to do it. So you should get an ROI, but the ROI could be leads. It could be referrals. It could be invites to other speaking engagements. A lot of times, a great reason to do, say, a local presentation is because you want to meet the event organizer or you want to meet someone you know who's going to be there. I've gotten some of my best opportunities by speaking at smaller groups and event organizers have been in the audience and then have invited me to speak at their events. Yes, I love that. Actually, that's a big reason why I am sort of a big fan of saying yes to anyone who is even considering having me on their stage. I don't care how many people are there. I don't care how small or big of a venue it is because it's the same thing as a podcast. Like You just never know who's listening, right? You never know who's there. And if you're purposeful about it, you can make sure that you're asking for what you want and making sure to leverage the heck out of that, right? Yes, absolutely. And then I, let me mention one thing, Katie. So I did an episode recently on my podcast. The podcast is called Speaking Your Brand and was episode number 59. So it just came out probably about a month before this comes out. And it's called Why You Shouldn't Sell From The Stage and What To Do Instead. Because this is a big thing that I started seeing when I started speaking your brand a few years ago is that a lot of speaking coaches had this mantra of sell from the stage and that's what they would teach. And I was instantly turned off by it. And I started to think about why it was. And it's because I think as a speaker, you're in a position of privilege in the front of the room. You've been given that position and you should honor your audience because of that. And people don't want to hear a sales pitch and they don't want to hear an infomercial. And this is why the other part of that title is what to do instead. There are ways that you can weave in stories and client examples and case studies and calls to action in your presentation that are very authentic and very genuine and show the audience what you can do without selling from the stage. Because I have clients who come to me who either have tried the selling from the stage and they hated it, 
because it felt very unnatural for them. So then they've kind of have either tried to stick it out and, and it's not working, or I have clients who come from me and do nothing in their presentations to share with the audience what they do. And I'm like, no, you have to find a happy medium yes. <laughs> between those two extremes. And so that's what that episode is about. I love that. I love that. And I'll give you this as an example. So you had asked about the presentation that I gave at a local event here recently. And I'll say the quick story about it. But as it relates to that exact point, you know, one of my signature offerings and resources that I provide for highly ambitious women entrepreneurs are masterminds. And so I was intending to go in there. I'm not going to like full on sell. Like I understood that that was not the intention of that talk. But what I did is I ended up talking about the masterminds the whole way through in some way. Like I think that there was a point where I was like highlighting members. I had a nice little visual up there of like a participant in there and what they had to say about it. And just talked about it from not from the angle of, Hey, I want to sell you this mastermind. But from, Hey, this is what I offer. And here's a cool story about how that fits into what I'm talking about today. And I had three people afterwards come up to me and say, I want more information about your masterminds. Yes. <laughs> I was exactly. like, okay, sounds good. Yes. That is definitely yeah. the way to do it. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about... And I'm, of course, as usual, want to use myself as the crash test dummy on this. I want to talk a little bit about seeing your signature talk or your keynote presentation and really some very real things that you could do to get clear on what that actually is. So I was asked this past week to speak at the Tampa Bay Business Owners main event. So if you recognize that name, it's because that's a company that my husband and I ran together for so long. I'm no longer a part of it. I usually go and at their main event, which is his signature event, and I show up and I'm playing mommy the whole time. That's kind of what I do. You know, I do an introduction for him. But for the people who have been a member for a long time, they absolutely remember when I was there and I was a leader within the community. So I was invited to go speak and I think that there are about uh, maybe 60 people in the room, 60, 70 people in the room. I was asked to talk about my story and like what has the journey actually been like. And it was the first time actually that I have been asked to talk about that. And so it was the first time that I showed up in preparing for the presentation that I was like, okay, this is not a how-to. Like Usually, the talks that I give, generally, it's like, Hey, how do I podcast in my business? Or how do I do Facebook groups in my business? Or how do I promote programs? And like it was a lot of how-to stuff. And then I will weave in my information or parts of my story that help share the power of that particular strategy. This was the exact opposite. This was the first time where it was like, Okay, here's my story. And then I'm going to obviously have some teaching moments in there. But like it's more about the story. Like This is becoming kind of a motivational talk. Like, Oh my God. That was incredibly intimidating. Very intimidating. As a matter of fact, I would actually say I was probably more nervous about that talk than I have been at any other presentation I've given. Did you feel more vulnerable? Well, you know me. I really don't care. Like I'm super vulnerable in the first place. Of course, I felt vulnerable, but that wasn't like an issue. It was more of like... I just don't have that practice of telling the story from start to finish. So the first thought that came to my head, misorganization, was like, how do I organize this? How do I organize this? Because I'm not talking... Like I could come up with 7 steps to do whatever and then that will help me get through you know, a how-to presentation. So I decided to come up with like pillars of my experience over all of these years for Biz Women Rock. And it actually extended even to my entrepreneurial experience even before then. And so I came up with these 10 pillars, which is totally against your three to five points. Now, do, could you could you reel off all 10 of them right now? Maybe you could because you just I, did it. But I could. Well, <laughs> this is my little key is that I was doing a PowerPoint. So I put them on the PowerPoint so I could remember them all the way through. But I could. And I let those pillars guide me on what stories can I tell that would be 
a fluid description and what points do I want to share? What stories do I want to share that are relevant to everyone in the audience according to these pillars? So that was the first thing. Like that was the only thing I could come up with on like what to kind of structure. So for those listening who are sort of in that space of like, I want to create my signature talk. What in the world should that be? How do you even start? Yeah, this is a, is a good question. Well, let me ask you this first, Katie, about your pillars. So your the, the pillars ended up being kind of like lessons learned. Like, give me an example of some yeah. of the pillars. So the first one was apprenticeship. And I talked about how like all the learning I had to do, and I wouldn't have called it apprenticeship at the time, but really what I was doing in all those years of TBBO was I was being a, an apprentice to my husband who had been an entrepreneur for decades already. And so I was learning through that experience with him about what all this would really look like. It's really like that learning mode. Like I'm, I'm in learning and information gathering and seeing how things are done in order for me to show up purposefully for myself. And then... Another one was like mindset. Another one was, I called it baby because generally speaking, like life happens. So that's sort of a moment that we go through. And like, what do we, in my story, like, what did I do once baby happened? And once that sort of like was a giant pattern interrupt to what I was doing, one was intentional strategies. So, and all of these sort of worked themselves through to being able to share a piece of the story that created like, here's, what it ended up being at the end of the day, this is the feedback I got from everyone was it was like a very real and raw showcasing of what has got me from the moment that I quit my job and decided to jump into my husband's brand new business and run it with him for all those years to this moment now where I feel like, okay, by no means am I done, but I'm at a good point right now, right? And all of those things through that time period that truthfully, like really from the feedback I got, really surprised people. Like, wow, I had no idea. I had no idea that those things all weave together, right? Yes. So it sounds like it was based on your journey, but then like the key moments that stuck out for you along the way, either real moments like obviously having a baby, but even things like mindset, there's probably things that were, were that particular pillar was more prominent for you in that stage of your journey yes. versus another part of your journey. So yeah, yes. so a journey, like a journey framework makes a lot of sense. When I work with my clients, when we create their signature talk, we use a classic three-act story structure from the ancient Greeks on forward because we are humans and that's how we learn and remember is through story structure. But then I also layer onto it the hero's journey. So Joseph Campbell was a researcher and he talked about the hero's journey. Your listeners may be familiar with him. I have episode number 57 is about this in particular. So, but I take this and I apply it in a business context so that it makes sense to, you know, business audiences versus just entertainment stories. When you're thinking about your signature talk, as I mentioned earlier, it's like, what is that framework? What is that process that you use with your clients? What is your approach to working with them? Because that becomes the core and that's what differentiates you from other people who are in your field who do very similar things to you. So that kind of becomes your unique, like your secret sauce, like you mentioned, your unique way of doing things. But then you have to kind of wrap it in, well, what is the audience's goal? What are their obstacles to get to that goal? And how are you helping them to get to where they want to be? And this is the hero's journey. You're in your ordinary world. You want this extraordinary world, but you can't get there because there's these challenges in the way, these problems in the way. And you, as the coach, the service provider, the business owner, you're the guide helping them, your client, your audience, get there. You're not the hero. And a lot of business owners make the mistake and think that they're the hero or their product or their service is the hero. And they're not. Your client or your audience is the hero. So we go through this. Love that. Yes, Can we it just is stop so... and honor yeah, that yeah, for yeah, a second? Yeah. Oh, let me say in real time what that actually means. It means that you as the owner, the facilitator, the expert, you are the guide and you are the one just helping pave the path that 
the client is going to walk. So they get to embody themselves in that hero's journey. Yes. And this is what you do, Katie. This is what you do for your clients. I hear you do it on your podcast when you're doing your on-air coaching calls. You are that guide for them. You're like the mentor. You're the Obi-Wan Kenobi or you're the Yoda to their Luke Skywalker or whatever. (laughs) Whichever one you want to be. And that's exactly what you're doing because you're able to share your experience and your expertise and your talents and your knowledge with them. And then they can learn from you and apply it to themselves. So that's really what you want your signature talk to do. Now, there is a difference in approach between a keynote and say a business presentation or a workshop that you do. A keynote really... And you did it perfectly, Katie, with yours, really has to lead from a place of inspiration and aspiration. The audience is there. They're not really there to like take notes, you know, di- take notes diligently while you're going through step-by-step tactics and strategies. For a keynote, the opening of a conference or a closing of a conference, it needs to be more inspirational and aspirational. Whereas a business presentation does need to be more strategic and educational. However, I do believe even business presentations and workshops have to have an inspirational component because otherwise the audience is like, well, why should I bother doing this? What is the reason behind the effort that I would have to put into doing this? And that's where you need the inspirational, aspirational parts there too. Love that. Okay. So I want to focus in on that keynote. Do you have recommendations for someone to help their keynote presentation or their signature talk get chosen from people who are managing conferences and maybe taking applications for keynote presentations? Like a lot of the conferences that you and I go to, they take applications for speakers and what should be it. And a lot of times those aren't necessarily keynote applications. But in your experience with the clients that you've worked with, how can they... This is sort of like the... you know, If the talk itself is the microcosm of having an inspirational and differentiating experience, how do you do that on the macro level according to like how do you make yourself and your keynote presentations stand out from somebody else's? Yes. Okay. So here's the third little secret about speaking. You get keynotes because of who you are. You never apply to be a keynote speaker. It does not happen. You can apply, and I strongly encourage you to apply for conference breakout sessions, local events, local networking groups. Definitely do that because those are your stepping stones to get to be a keynote speaker. You're going to be asked to be a keynote speaker because of who you know. Katie, you got asked to be a keynote speaker because of your husband. (laughs) Happens to be my hubs, yes. (laughs) Um, My friend Glenn, the geek keybird of the Horse Radio Network says very wisely, it's not about who you know, it's about who knows you. And so I think that that's so true. So if you have aspirations to be a keynote presenter, to create this beautiful signature talk and to be able to give it you know, all around wherever you want to be giving it and share your message, then it's worth noting like doing the back steps to say, who do I need to have in my sphere? Like, Who do I need to know? What relationships do I need to build? How do I need to strengthen those relationships so that I can make a great impression? Like, well, Whose conference do I need to go and teach this workshop at in order for me to then meet the organizer and then develop a relationship and see how I can best help them afterwards, right? Yes. Invest in that event, invest in that conference, invest in those organizers, and then they will be more likely to invest back in you. So to your point, attend the conference as an attendee. Just go there, start meeting the event organizers, offer to do a breakout session or a workshop at the next one. Then you do that. Again, it's like the stepping stones to get there. And then here's the other thing about being a keynote speaker. And you and your husband know this very well. Event organizers need to sell tickets to their conferences. The reasons we see the same big names doing keynotes at all these conferences is because they know those names sell tickets. When you see like Pat Flynn, who's doing your social media marketing world, it's because people want to go and hear Pat Flynn because they know him. 
So you have to work on becoming known, becoming more visible because the bigger your name is, the more likely they're going to want you as a keynote because you're going to help them sell tickets. Yes. Love that. And how do you go about doing that? You continue leaning into your gifts and provide value for person after person after person after person. And just keep pivoting on how you can get more visibility out of that. Keep pivoting on how you're contributing to your local and your national and global community. Like Just keep showing up. Keep saying yes to every single person who asks you to be on their podcast, to teach a masterclass, to give something here and there. Because you just never know who's in the room. I can't stress that enough. Some of the biggest opportunities I've had have been because somebody heard me on that show I did over there and then they reached out and we developed this great relationship. So there's just all of that. And when you love what you do, like you just keep leaning into that. So I'm just a big believer to always have what I call visibility, like PR, marketing, visibility, like that level of I have an intention to put myself out there as this expert or as this person who wants to help in this way or has this message to share. And how can I continue to do that? So Katie, I have the three C's of visibility that I talk about because I love alliteration and acronyms. So the three C's of visibility are consistency, community, and courage. So the first one, consistency, means having a consistent message. So that's your signature talk, your core message. So people know that you're the go-to expert for that topic. But it's also producing content consistently. So we do our podcast. I do mine weekly. I think you do yours pretty much about weekly now. I know you did it more frequently back in the day, but weekly is great. So whether it's a YouTube series, a Facebook Live series, a podcast, when you produce content consistently, your audience shows that you're serious about your business because you've been doing it for six months, for a year. Katie, you've been doing it for four years. That shows that you have skin in the game. Like You're here to stay. You're not just someone who's got to kind of like swoop in and make a big splash and then leave. And then people are not sure if they should invest time into you. So having that consistent output is really important. And then the second C, community. So building that community around you, and whether it's a Facebook group, whatever, or local group, you've done both, Katie. And then the third thing is courage. Being willing to take a stand for something and to say things that maybe other people in your industry don't like. I hate the phrase selling from the stage. I talk about it. I know other people love it. And that's what they bank their programs on. There's a lot of other things that I have opinions about that I will share publicly as well. So I'm not afraid to take a stand, but have that community there to have your back when you do. Because taking a stand and ultimately like kind of putting a stake in the ground about those things that you are really passionate about ends up detracting the folks who want to hear nothing of that and attracting like crazy the loyal folks who absolutely believe in that alongside you. Yes. Back to the keynote speakers, back to even just conference sessions. As the event organizer, do you want someone who's kind of like milk toast, Like <laughs> blah, right? Is that a word that people still right. use, right? Milk, like like is vanilla, that, right? Like vanilla. Like, do you nah. want someone just kind of blah who's just going to regurgitate something you can Google? No, we don't want that. Like We want someone that's different, that's going to engage, that's going to say, you know what? This is what I believe. This is what I advocate for my community. And here's why. You know, I love that point because I ultimately believe, and I probably say this a lot like, dude, you could line up a hundred different women entrepreneurs who teach women entrepreneurs how to grow their businesses. And every single one of us can teach very similar strategy. I mean, business is business, all right? It ain't rocket science. Like, okay, how do you do marketing? How do you grow a community? How do you build an email list? Like, how do you do a podcast, right? So that's sort of like strategy stuff. 
What differentiates each and every single one of those 100 women is how they show up, what their passions are, what they're excited about in this world, and how they do it, what their experiences have been that lend themselves to, here's how I show up, right? How many women are out there teaching like, hey, here's how to give great presentations, but you, Miss Carol, do it so beautifully and uniquely your own that the women who are attracted to you are just like, yes, I have to have Carol. I'm not even seeing anyone else. I have to have Carol. She's the gal, right? No, that's true. And that's what you want for your, the same thing for your prospects and clients to say the exact same thing about you. And that's what I'm in your community, Katie, and I see that that's what your clients say about you as well. I have an awesome community. I'm super lucky. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. Well, it's a reflection of you. Our communities are ultimately a reflection of us. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. I love that. So I guess I would like to end with one question, which is, what is the biggest mistake that you see women making when they are trying to get out there kind of on the speaking circuit? Like, hey, I want to get more speaking gigs. What is the biggest mistake that you see them making? Oh yeah, this is okay. I, I I have a number of them that have popped into my mind. So let me <laughs> say as, say as many yeah. as, as are relevant. So I would say that a few of them that popped up is number one, expecting to be paid to speak right off the bat. So if you have very little experience, you have no name basically in what you're doing. You're just starting out. Even if you've been in business for a while, but you're just starting out speaking, you can't go with the assumption that you're going to get paid to speak, especially at these local networking groups. You're doing it for visibility. You're doing it for connections. You're doing it for networking. But use those things to your advantage. And then as you get more experience in testimonials and networking and relationships, you can build your way up to speaking. However, on the flip side, the other mistake I see women making is not asking to be paid to speak when they get to that certain level. Because you know, either we're uncomfortable with sales or we feel like, well, I'm, it's okay. Like I want to help out that conference or that organizer. So you also have to know when it's appropriate to ask for a speaker's fee. Now, here's another thing that ticks me off. Women's conferences run by women, for women, audiences of women who do not pay any of their speakers at all. I think that they need to pay their main speakers because how are we ever going to get up level with the guys if we don't get paid to speak? So those are mistakes I see around pay. And then the other thing that I see the mistaking, we talked about like, what is the ROI for your speaking? And then making sure you have a really clear, consistent message. Love that. Oh my gosh. So as you can hear, Carol and I can talk very passionately about this topic. And I'm so glad that it actually delved a little bit deeper than just the keynote presentation. Because as you can see, it's really all related. It's all in branding. It's all in how you're showing up. It's all about relationships. And it's all being clear with your message. I just love this. It's so holistic. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your expertise with us. As you could tell, Carol has an enormous amount of experience, of education, of really great information to share. So I know you said that you are going to give our listeners a special little something. So where can they get that and what is it? Yes, they can go to speakingyourbrand.com slash bizwomenrock. So all one word, speakingyourbrand.com slash bizwomenrock. And it is a free PDF download. It's a guide that walks them through that story structure, hero's journey framework that I use with my clients. It also has some extra special bonuses in there. So I'm going to put together based on exactly what we talked about in this episode. So it's my when my uh, audience downloads my PDFs from my episodes... They say that they're really good. They're really, I like, I give away basically most of my content for free because you know what? It's not the information that sets it apart, it's that, it's that one-on-one work. 
that really makes a difference. Love it. And Carol and I share a passion for giving women the tools to help amplify their messages, amplify who they are, what they're here to do in the world, because ultimately that helps us all play big. You know, and when we're playing big, like holy cow, watch out world, right? So if speaking is on your agenda for this year, for the next year, for your next season of business, and you really want to make that a part of your brand and how you're getting your message out there and how you're making an impact, I cannot recommend Carol enough to help walk you through how to do that in a very intentional and impactful way, i.e. don't waste your time and money going anywhere else or trying to figure it out on your own. Go get the resources from Carol and she can help you really shorten that learning curve. So Carol, thank you so much, my dear, for being here. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Katie, so much for having me on. I just love your energy. The love that you have for your guests and for your community is palpable. Like it comes across even, I mean, we, we're seeing each other right now because we're on Zoom video, but even when I just listened to your podcast in my ears, it's so obvious. So thank you for being who you are. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. I never take it for granted that you, a very busy and high-performing woman entrepreneur, listens to the Biz Women Rock podcast. If you got any value out of today's show, if there were any aha moments that you had... I would so appreciate you turning around and sharing it with another woman entrepreneur who needs that aha as well. From me and the entire Biz Women Rock team, we'll see you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.